Hello, and welcome to Firewell Bible Fellowship, where we strive to be Christ-centered and gospel-focused. Here's what's happening at Firewell. Wednesday nights at Firewheel begins again this Wednesday and is packed with activities for all ages. Men and women's Bible studies and kids and youth ministries. Join us as we grow together in our relationship with Christ. Saturday, October 7th, from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m., don your You Are Loved shirt and let's go serve our community. Volunteers from across the Dallas, Garland, Rowlett areas work to clean up litter along Lake Gray Hubbard shoreline and down Rowlett Creek. Use the QR code or sign up online on the link on the webpage for sites 8, 9, or 10. Go directly to your chosen location on cleanup day and there will be supplies and a free gift bag for each volunteer. Afterward, we'll meet at the Hallow Shrine Event Center for a free lunch, music, games, and prize drawings. Let's show some love to our community. Chili, dessert, football, oh yeah. Bring your chili A game as we watch the Cowboys play the Patriots on October 1st at 3 p.m. Sign up in the lobby. For more info on these or any of the events going on around Firewheel, check us out at firewheelfellowship.com slash events, or you can find us on social media. Good morning, everyone. Please rise and join us in worship. Need to hear y'all singing this morning. Search the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. Then you came along, put me back together. Satisfied here in your love. Hey, oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. 
church. For those of you at home, happy you're tuning in as well if you're at work or vacation, wherever you may be. So today, I would like to read John 13, 34 through 35. It says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love for one another. So, at this time, let's turn to a neighbor, tell them that you love them. Say hello. Tell them they're happy that they're here.
sing this out with us. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise, we pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you only, Lord. Good morning. Hey, at this point in the service, and uh, we do this every Sunday here at Firewell Bible Fellowship, is the act of communion. And this is not just something we do as a routine or a ritual. See, communion has a special significant purpose in the lives of believers. And people will often say, well, why is it that Jesus was the one who was able to pay the penalty for our sins, because we've had a lot of religious leaders over the years. And the Apostle Paul answers that for us in 2 Corinthians 5.21, where he says, for our sake he made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God. See, apart from Jesus, there's nothing I can do to save myself. Jesus is the one who paid the price, and that's what communion is. That's why we do this every Sunday, is we acknowledge what he did. We read from the book of Mark, where it says, and as they were eating, he took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to them, and said, take, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many his body, his blood, his sacrifice, and for you and I, our hope, our redemption, our salvation. See, around the, the, the auditorium this morning, you'll see we have the trays around here, and they have the, the, the wafers, and the wafers are symbolic of Christ's broken body, and the juice, likewise, is symbolic of the blood that Jesus chose to shed on the behalf of you and I, for we serve a loving, merciful God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you, Lord, for the cross, and we thank you for Jesus that you sent him, Lord. We thank you for his broken body. We thank you for his blood that was shed, Lord. We thank you for his death, for his burial, and for his resurrection that we serve a living God. We thank you that Jesus is alive today. And Father, I thank you that we're allowed to gather here together to worship you. I pray, Father, that this act of communion for all of us, including me, that it's not just a ritual, that it's not just a routine, that we would acknowledge who you are, that your name would be glorified through it. And I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. The communion tables are now open.
Well, good morning, Firewell family. It is good to be with you today. And if I've not had the pleasure to meet you yet, my name is Pastor Adrian Pina. I have the opportunity to serve as the transitional pastor here at Firewell. We know that there are many places you could choose to worship on a given Sunday morning, and we are glad that you are with us. And those of you who are joining online, we are glad to have you as well. So it's good to be back. Thank you for, it's always nice to be able to get away. Jen and I were in Mexico for a week for a much needed vacation that we have not had in a long time, a long time coming. And so uh, it was good to be able to get away and rest and recharge and recuperate. And it was good to have uh, Kevin be able to step in uh, last week to be able to cover for us. So thank you, Kevin, for your ministry and your ministry of the word. <clears throat> Rest is a gift, it really is, and it's a weapon, I believe. So uh, sometimes we don't utilize it well, and uh, it's, it's, a good, it's good to be able to get away to recuperate and then come back recharged and refreshed. Sorry if my voice sounds a little bit deeper today, but actually I'm feeling a little bit under the weather. So if I don't shake your hand or hug you, please don't take offense today. I just want to be cautious and um, uh, we'll get through it by God's grace, but I've had this lingering cough and just this weird kind of chest congestion over the last couple of days. And so uh, we'll, we'll navigate through that this morning. But we are going to jump back into our sermon series uh, as we are building and looking at a theology of the Holy Spirit. How many of y'all have enjoyed our trek through this series? I've enjoyed putting it together for you. Yeah, y'all can give the Lord the hand for that. It's really important for us to be able to build and actually understand what we believe about specific kind of theological categories and things that are really, really important. And so, uh, just as a way of reminder, a couple weeks ago, last time I was with you, we talked about how the Holy Spirit is the fruit maker in our lives. Remember, we started this series, we asked the question of who. We started by describing the Holy Spirit as a person in God. We had, to, we had to answer the question of identity, of his personhood, before we could look at the what. So now what we've been doing over the last number of weeks and for the rest of the series is we are looking at what we would call the ministry of the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit actually do? And so we've looked at a number of different things. So we started with his role in salvation. We talked about, uh, you know, just various different things in that vein of thought. And then last couple of weeks ago, we talked about how the fruits of the Spirit, how the Holy Spirit really is the one who does the majority of the work of producing these spiritual fruits in our life. Love, patience, joy, kindness, all of these spiritual fruits. We saw the contrast between what we call the works of the flesh and the works of the Spirit according to Galatians chapter 5. There's this ongoing struggle between the flesh and the Spirit, but through the Holy Spirit we can overcome, according to the Scripture, the desires of the flesh. We do not have to succumb to the desires of our flesh, but we can live empowered, victorious lives in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit and be able to de demonstrate more Christ-likeness. Because really, at the end of the day, the goal is that we would be more like Jesus, right? He's kind of the one that we look to. He's the hero of the story. He is the one that we want to emulate. So we want to look more like him. So our one true statement was this, that fruit is the goal when we give the Holy Spirit control. Fruit is the goal when we give the Holy Spirit control. That was our one true statement. And over the last weeks, I've had you, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that again at the end of the service, be able to submit questions about the Holy Spirit. And you guys have been really engaged in this, so I've been taking an opportunity at the forefront to answer a couple of those questions. So I'm going to do that this morning before we get into the topic at hand this morning. So one of the questions that was presented is, is a very common question. 
how can I know that the Holy Spirit is talking to me? So how can I know this voice or what, it doesn't have to be an audible voice. How do I know that this inclination, this desire of my heart, how do I know it's from the Holy Spirit and I know it's not just for me or for my own head? How can I know that this is really the Holy Spirit trying to communicate to me? Well, I believe the answer to that question, or at least a portion of the answer to that question is this, that God never contradicts himself. And here's what I mean, is that the clearest form of revelation or the most direct accessible form in some ways, I don't want to say direct and accessible because that would be wrong, but I would say the form of revelation, what I mean by revelation is the way that God reveals himself, his self-disclosure. The means of revelation that we typically go to is the scripture, right? So when we go to the scripture as God's word, God will never contradict himself in this way. That God will never tell you something or to do something that goes against another way that he has clearly revealed himself. So if you felt that the spirit was talking to you and told you to do something that is contrary to the word of God or the way that God has clearly spoken in his word, I can guarantee you that's not the spirit. But I will say this, unfortunately, there are people that we have literally sat with before and said, I feel like God is telling me I need to leave my spouse. And have justified their adultery and saying it and wrapping it under the banner of God. And I can tell you right now, that's not God. And I can say that unequivocally and very easily that that's not God. So if what you believe to be the Spirit is telling you to sin, or telling you to do something that's contrary to God's word, I can guarantee you that is not from the Spirit, because God is never going to contradict himself. So whether we, whatever messages we receive and we believe to be from the Spirit, we need to measure those against the word of God, but we also need to seek the counsel of others, and I do believe that there is an element of discernment where if we know it's from God, there's a level of discernment that I believe that God gives us a level of wisdom and discernment when it comes to that as well. So that's a great question, a question that people often ask, but excuse me for being a little passionate about that because being a pastor long enough, I've heard some people justify some crazy things in the name of God. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not God. Don't blame him for your actions, okay? Because that's not him. All right, second question. This is a really good question, by the way. Did the Holy Spirit dwell in Jesus when he was on earth as a man? This is a very intriguing question. When I got this question, I was like, okay, somebody's listening. This is a really good question, being able to link theology all together. I believe the answer to that question is yes. In Philippians chapter 2, when we read and we talk about, we see this great passage when it talks about Jesus humbled himself, took on the form of a servant. The scripture tells us that he basically took like his divine attributes and for, so to speak, a, a modern paraphrase, we could say he kind of put them on the shelf. It means that he did not utilize them in that way. And you can't read the New Testament and not see that the Spirit is all over the ministry of Jesus. It says that he did things according to the power of the Spirit. We see the Spirit displayed in Jesus' life present at the baptism as we see it there. So within his humanity, I believe that Jesus was indwelt by the Spirit. That's mysterious to me and that's mysterious to all of us in that way. But I believe as the representative of what it is to be the human who walks in relationship with Christ, just like we are indwelt with the Spirit, I believe that at the time when he was on this earth, he was indwelt by the Spirit. 
Because I believe that there's overwhelming biblical support for the Spirit being involved completely and totally within the ministry of Jesus. That doesn't mean that he was less God. It didn't mean anything of that nature. As a matter of fact, I believe that the Holy Trinity does not do anything outside of every member. There's only one divine will, and each member is involved in every action of the Trinity that the Trinity does. So the Holy Spirit is involved in the work and ministry, even the earthly ministry of Jesus. Good question, though. So today we're going to turn our focus, and we'll do a couple more of these uh, next time. But I will say this preview for next week. So next week, one of my heroes is going to be here. So y'all be on your best behavior, okay? Not just playing. But one of my, seriously, one of my heroes is going to be here next week. Dr. Glenn Kreider will be here. He's a professor of theology at Dallas Theological Seminary. He's the first reader for my dissertation. I work hand in hand with Dr. Kreider. He's had a great, tremendous influence on my theology. And Dr. Kreider, I purposely asked him when I was doing this series, I asked him to come into the series because I wanted him to be able to teach from, a the from his perspective, to be able to teach a specific portion of this series. And so next week I will be here, but I'm going to sit under his ministry next week as well, and he's going to talk about gifts of the Spirit. And so he is going to jump into our series and be able to talk about gifts of the Spirit. You're not going to want to miss it. Dr. Kreider is great. He's very culturally connected. He's just really great with people, and he knows his stuff. And I believe you'll be really blessed by him uh, being here next week. And so I look forward to that. But today what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about the role of the Holy Spirit as what I call the illuminator. The Holy Spirit is the one who illuminates the truth of God to us. So let me give you an illustration to start off with today. How many of y'all like to sleep in a really, really dark room? Y'all like this, blackout curtains, like no light. I mean, sleep in as dark room as you can. I like to sleep in a dark room as well. Now, if you sleep in your bedroom, you know kind of the layout of your bedroom, so to speak, right? So as dark as the room could be, you may know how to navigate around your bedroom a little bit even when it's dark. And if you're like me, I just turned 40, I'm starting to get older, and you know what, I have to usually run to the restroom at some point during the night. And so during the night, I know how to kind of navigate my way around the room, and even still, even though it's dark, it's not completely without light. Let me say that again. Even though it's dark, it's not completely without light because you can see still sometimes shadows and images and you can know where your bedpost is. And yet still inevitably, no matter how much you know the layout of the room, you will eventually stub your toe and then be holding your tongue to hopefully not be cursing toward God. Okay? So I don't know if y'all ever had that opportunity happen to you, but yeah, it's happened to all of us. So, but the thing is, is I know the layout of my room. And I could kind of feel my way around in the dark because I could kind of see the shapes a little bit. But when the light comes on, the light clearly reveals that which was hidden in the shadow. When the light comes on, then I could be able to see with complete and utter clarity. There's no more vague outline of my bed that I can only see the shapes, but now I can see everything because the light has now pierced the darkness and the light is stronger than the dark and the light now has revealed all that which was hidden. The Holy Spirit is kind of like a light bulb. It illuminates our understanding and grants us the ability to know God. Without the Holy Spirit, we are in the dark. We only see shadows of who God is. You know what the difference between an unbeliever and a believer is? Simply the Spirit of God. Unbelievers can look at the Scripture. They can read it as a book. They can even interpret it. 
They can do language studies. They can go into Greek and Hebrew. They can do all that stuff. But what I'll show you today from the scriptures is that they are not able to spiritually discern. Why? Because they don't have the spirit. As a believer, if you have placed your faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit, as we've already seen, is the agent of salvation. He's the one who actually does the work of appropriating what Jesus did into the life of an individual, making that which was dead and bringing it back to life, that we call that regeneration, when we are converted. So he's the one who does that work. Since he's doing it from the beginning, he's the one who brings us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light then. Then what makes us different in that way now is now we inhabit, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Unbelievers don't have that. They see shadows. But what is veiled in shadow, you can see in light. Doesn't mean that we will know everything because we are not God. But it does mean that which was veiled in shadow, now we can see in light. The Bible contrasts all the time the idea between light and darkness. And we're even going to see that this morning. The difference between light and darkness. So here's my one truth statement to you this morning. It's this, that the Holy Spirit illuminates our understanding of God. He's like the light bulb. He shows that which was only hidden and he makes it visible. He illuminates our understanding of God. We're going to look at, in two ways, the way that he does this. We're going to contrast what it looks like before we come to Christ, how Paul is going to tell us that we lived under a veil, and then we're going to look at, once we come to Christ, how the Holy Spirit does this actual illuminating, okay? So we're going to find ourselves in two passages of Scripture. We're going to start in 2 Corinthians 4, so if you want to turn there. In your electronic device, your Bible, or you can follow along on the screen. We're going to find ourselves in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and then keep a finger in John chapter 14. I told you that John 14 and John 16 are really important passages, and we're going to keep revisiting them during this series where he talks a lot about the Spirit. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting at verse 3, is where we're going to begin, and we're going to talk about before we come to Christ. Look at verse 3. And even if the gospel is hailed... Paul's talking about as they proclaim the gospel, and he's saying, even though our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Look at the next verse. In their case, the God of this world, notice lowercase g, God of this world, who's he talking about? Satan. He's talking about Satan. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing what? The light of the gospel. He's already talked about Darkness, blindness, now he's talking about light. The light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. Look at verse 5. For what we proclaim is not of ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Lots of imagery of light and darkness, contrasting, light shining in the midst of darkness, and all that kind of stuff. So in order for us to understand how the Holy Spirit illuminates who God is, we first have to understand who we were and what the picture was of us when we were in an unbelieving state. And what the state is of people who are unbelievers. And that's what this passage really highlights for us. So there's a few things that are worth mentioning. According to verse 3, that the gospel that Paul was preaching was veiled. 
That means it was hidden. Some of your translations may say hidden, according to verse 3. So for some reason, the gospel that he was preaching was hidden. And we are told exactly the reason why in the very next verse. It was hidden because the God of this world, a.k.a. Satan, is the one who has blinded the eyes and the minds of the unbelievers so that they cannot see. So now since they can't see, if you walked around all day with a blindfold on, you would have very limited, if not zero, visibility. You're not going to go driving with a blindfold on, are you? So just picture the idea of a blindfold keeping you from being able to see. So, and then lastly, if we look at verses 5 and 6, then Christians are the ones who are now called to proclaim light. In the midst of darkness, Christians are the ones who are called to be light and to spread light. And this light is the light of the gospel. To let our light shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Right? So we're shining it as a representation to give glory to Jesus. Paul says it in another way, also in Corinthians, but he says it in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says this. The natural person, when he talks about a natural person, you can insert the word unbeliever. It's the same thing. So the natural person does not accept the things of God. They are folly to him. He is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. They are spiritually discerned. Let me say this as strongly as I possibly can. Without the Spirit of God, it is impossible to know God personally and intimately. Without the Spirit of God, it's impossible. It doesn't mean that God does not show himself because even... The scripture tells us that the heavens declare the glory of God. There are many ways even outside of the Bible that God reveals himself. It's not declaring the fact that God doesn't reveal himself. But I will tell you, without the spirit of God, it is impossible for somebody to come into relationship with the God of light walking in darkness. It's impossible for that which is dead, spiritually speaking, belonging to the kingdom of darkness, to then have a relationship with that God. That's why we put too much onus sometimes on what we think our role is in salvation. Our role in salvation is that we're the ones that make it necessary because we bring our sin. That's it. God's the one who does the work. God's the one who starts prodding our hearts, convicting us of sin. He's the one who starts bringing the light where there's darkness. Satan has a singular goal, and that is to keep people in the dark. If he can keep people in the dark, if he can keep people rejecting the reality of God, if he can keep people rejecting the good news of what Jesus has done for them, then he has done his job. The enemy of your soul does not want you to know God. He wants to keep you blinded. He doesn't want this world to see. He wants the world to continue in a perpetual metaphorical state of darkness. Have you ever had this experience before? I know many of you in this room, I know, I, know enough of, I know enough of you that I know that many of you are believers, that you have placed your faith in Jesus, and I know that you're trying to be good, Jesus-loving people. So as a believer, have you ever had the experience before when you've had an opportunity to share the gospel with somebody, just naturally in a conversation, and it's like, it's almost like you can see the lights just aren't on. You have the conversation, and you know you're not getting anywhere. 
You have the conversation you and you see that the person is completely deceived in what they believe about Christianity or the gospel in general. Why? Because their eyes are veiled. They will not see until the Holy Spirit does his work. It doesn't mean that we do not share the good news. It doesn't mean that we do not continue to let our light shine as we are encouraged even in verses 5 and 6. We are to continue to allow our light to shine and continue to be light in the midst of darkness, but we cannot remove the veil. Satan is a deceiver and he's good at it. Those who have not received Christ's offer of salvation are walking in the shadows. They might be able to make it out of the shadows, so to speak, but they can't do it without God and without the work of the Holy Spirit. Because they don't understand certain things for they are only spiritually discerned. If you think about it for a moment, we believe something that takes a lot of, we talk about faith, and this Christian faith really is, I believe that there are reasonable evidences for faith and all that kind of stuff, but at the end of the day, it still comes down to a faith commitment. You believe in a God that you have not seen. You believe in a scripture that wasn't directly written to you, that was written over 2,000 years ago, but you believe it still has active and it's living and it's an active word and it's inspired by, it's the very words of God. That takes faith to believe that. And it almost on the surface, if you just use your natural mind, sounds almost intelligible, but it only makes sense when the spirit is active, when the spirit's doing his work. I believe in a God I have not seen, but I can't wait to see him. I believe that the scripture is the inspired word of God. It is God-breathed. I believe that, but I believe it by faith. It's my faith that seeks understanding. I believe by faith in the Son of God, and I seek every day to continue to know him more. But that is only started. That is only propagated. That process only begins by the work of the Holy Spirit. Because without it, this world is in shadows. The world is in darkness. We can only see forms of God, but we will never know the redemptive story arc of Scripture without the Spirit. Amen? The second thing I want you to see is let's go to John 14. Now let's talk about if we're on the other side of the coin and we are believers in Jesus, what exactly does the Holy Spirit do as he continues this work and ministry of illumination? John 14 says this, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. Jesus, these are the this is kind of this last elongated kind of uh, day that Jesus is giving instructions to his disciples about approximately 24 hours before he's on the cross. And he says, these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the helper, as he calls him, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So if I could say it this way, the Holy Spirit's role in illuminating in the life of the believer is twofold. Number one, it's teaching. And number two, it's recalling. Teaching and recalling. Teaching involves instruction and involves understanding. Teaching involves revealing information. The Holy Spirit teaches believers certain things which Jesus had not specifically taught during his earthly ministry. 
But we also believe that the Holy Spirit is teaching us all the time through God's Word. The Spirit works in partnership with the Word of God as He illuminates his under, our understanding of God as we engage the Scripture. The Bible is sufficient for what we need, for what, it's, what it declares to us. It's sufficient for godliness, it's sufficient for salvation, to tell us the story of redemption, of the life death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. However, even during Jesus' ministry, Jesus didn't talk about everything. We see other things that in the New Testament are developed that weren't necessarily communicated specifically out of the mouth of Jesus. But even as we look at that and we see the Holy Spirit brings that understanding, and when we come to the Word of God, we say, Holy Spirit, teach us, illuminate our understanding of who God is. The role of a teacher is so important. I want to show you a picture of another person who uh, is special to me. So this guy right here, his name is Dr. Richard Taylor. Uh, he is probably the most genius guy I've ever met when it comes to biblical languages. And Dr. Taylor, we used to call him AKA Sean Connery. That's uh, what we would call him in class. Those of you who know Sean Connery is. Um, but the role of a teacher is to make information understandable to, for those who are learning. How many teachers we have in the house today? We got teachers? All right. Thank you guys for your ministry and your blessing of what you guys do. Amen. Amen. So what teachers do is they bring understanding and help the student learn. They bring understanding and information, what was not known to the student, to bring clarity where needed. Have you ever had a teacher who just helped you and went the extra mile to help you understand something very confusing? You ever had a teacher like that, that stood extra after class and was willing to invest extra time into you and spend that time with you and how meaningful that was to help tutor you through algebra, whatever the case may be? Well, Dr. Taylor was that for me. So Dr. Taylor, as I said, was one of the most he's one of the most intelligent people I know. I took him for one of my Hebrew classes, and he legitimately would come to Hebrew class, and he would open his Hebrew Bible, no notes, start reading the Hebrew Bible, parsing out the words, making all the sentences, showing us structure and grammar, and he'd have not a single note. Just open the Hebrew Bible and just start going to town. And not only that, as he does Biblical Aramaic, he does Syriac, he's just a genius when it comes to languages. So I struggled a lot in my studies at Dallas Theological Seminary in languages. Languages are not my thing. Hebrew and Greek, I skated by, especially at the beginning, and then I got better when it came to Hebrew and Greek. But when I struggled with this, Dr. Taylor would spend extra time with me. We had numerous office visits in his office. He would, uh, he would encourage me. He would continue to tell me what I needed to do to get better. And it came down to my final exam. My final exam, I had to not only pass the final exam with a 70 or better, I had to get in the 80s in order to pass the class. And I remember I'm walking up trembling about to hand my final exam to Dr. Taylor. Legitimately, I am scared. I'm about to hand my, my thing to Dr. Taylor. And Dr. Taylor, this is how intelligent he was. He literally just tells me, he says, Adrian, do you want me to just grade it now? I'm like... Sure, what the heck, let's get the misery over with, okay? He sits there, doesn't even look up, literally just going to town on this paper, you know, and he's just grading into whatever. I don't even remember what my grade was. All I remember was Dr. Taylor, without even looking up, he went like this. 
He just stuck his hand up to give me a high five, and then he looked at me and he told me, I'm proud of you. And he said, I'm proud of you. And he said, I know you put in a lot of hard work, and I passed the class. There's no question that Dr. Taylor knows more about Hebrew language than I do or probably ever will. Absolutely no doubt. His ability to provide instruction and guidance helped me to understand what I was learning. Here is my point. The Holy Spirit certainly knows more about Jesus and God than you do. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit certainly knows more about Jesus and God the Father than you ever will. And so what does he do? The Holy Spirit does his job to bring understanding of who God is and what he is like. He does his job of illuminating the scripture to us that we may understand. He does his job of bringing us into community where we can share and do theology and we can share Bible and everything together in community as we learn together. He's the one who helps us to discern what really is from him and what is not from him. He's the one who's our instructor. He's our teacher. He's walking with us because he dwells within us. And just like Dr. Taylor did for me, in Hebrew, the Holy Spirit does for us as believers. He shows us who God is. He helps us to know, to understand, to know what it means to walk in relationship with this God. He teaches us. He's the great helper. But secondly, the Holy Spirit helps us to recall. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would remind the disciples of everything he had taught them. When Jesus uttered these words in the very moment, at that very moment, the Holy Spirit had not fully been poured out yet, and there were significant events to come. His crucifixion, his resurrection, his, and his ascension. Once Jesus was gone, the Holy Spirit not only reminded the disciples of Jesus' teaching, but he also imparted a deeper understanding that they may have not previously understood, that they would not understand until Jesus finally left them. And listen to this wonderful verse when we connect this all. John chapter 12, verse 16. Listen to this, what John says about the disciples. He says, his disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, when he ascended into heaven, Acts chapter 1, they remembered these things that had been written about him and had been done to him. At that moment, that reality, when Jesus told him, as he had said and promised, that he was going to be crucified and that he would raise from the dead and when they seen him and he taught them for 40 days post-resurrection and then he told them he was ascending and he was leaving them but he wasn't leaving them alone at that very moment when Jesus was glorified it all clicked for them the light bulb turned on they understood exactly everything that he had been saying to them because it finally became real to them and they understood exactly what was happening, and I believe because the Holy Spirit was bringing it to their remembrance. For the disciples, the Holy Spirit made immediate application to the memories that they shared with Jesus. And for us today, the Spirit helps us to recall and understand all the things that God has done in our life and also helps us to understand who He is and to understand His Word. The Holy Spirit will give you insight to what you are reading and what you are learning. Furthermore, I believe he helps us to recall when we need it, exactly what we need to hear and what we need to remember. Before I read the Bible or I ever do sermon prep, I usually always stop and I say, Holy Spirit, open my eyes that I may see. Open my eyes that I may see. Help me to learn. Teach me and give me your insight. 
Have you ever had one of those moments when you're in a situation and it just seems like out of nowhere, but it's not? That the right at that very moment, a word, a scripture, something comes to your memory to encourage you for just what you need right at that very moment. Or you get that call from a person at that very moment. You get that text message that you need at that very moment. It's not coincidence, ladies and gentlemen. I believe God's looking out for you, and it's the Holy Spirit basically saying, I want you to remember. Remember I got you. Remember that I'm with you. Remember that I'm your helper. Remember I'm your teacher. I'm the wonderful and mighty counselor. One, remember that I am with you always. It doesn't happen by mere coincidence. Or maybe you're sharing your faith with somebody and then all of a sudden something pops into your head. A scripture or something or a story that you need to tell and you tell them exactly the words they need to hear. Or you're encouraging somebody in their grief and a scripture comes to mind and you're able to encourage them with God's word. This is the Holy Spirit reminding you. This is why I believe that scripture memory is a very important exercise. It's a lost art, but it's an extremely important exercise. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And sometimes when you are just able to remember and to utter scripture, it encourages your faith. And God will go into that repository and he will bring to your remembrance exactly what you need at the appropriate time. Who knows better? Catch this and then we're going to summarize. Who knows God better than God himself? Remember how we started this. The Holy Spirit is God. He's not like Jesus is major leagues and the Holy Spirit is not major league. No. One God, three persons. That is what the church has confessed. That's what we believe and have believed for thousands of years. The Holy Spirit is God. And who knows God better than God himself? So what we need to do is we need to be in tune, like you tune a radio, into a frequency where there's no static, and we need to be on the same frequency with him. God, may you attune us that our ears and our hearts would be at the same frequency with you. Let's summarize, and then we'll pray. So our one true statement was this, is that the Holy Spirit illuminates our understanding of God. We saw that before we come to Christ, our understanding of God is hidden because Satan himself actively works to keep people in the dark and keep them in the shadows. But after we come to faith in Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit, and his job is illuminating our understanding of God is twofold. He helps teach, helping us to understand, and he helps us to recall, to recall the works and the word of God. So how can we put this into practice? Two things. Number one is to trust the Holy Spirit to be our teacher. When it comes to reading the Bible, I would encourage you before you read the scripture, before you are reading even a Christian book, whatever it may be, I would, I would encourage you to invite the Holy Spirit to illuminate your understanding. And just say, let me see, help, help me, teach me. And then secondly is I would encourage you to recover the lost art of scripture memory. There's a lot of different apps that you can actually download. There's an app that Jen and I like to use called Remember Me that you can download on the App Store or Google Play Store. 
and uh, it does even little fun games to help you. You can insert words for the scripture or whatever. Different little fun kind of brain teasers to help you remember the scripture. But remembering scripture is really, really important because it encourages us, and I believe over and over again that God just goes back into that repository when we need it, and he brings that to our forefront of our memory that we remember and be encouraged. And lastly, I want to encourage you all, again, if you want to submit any questions as we're continuing on through this series, we still have a few weeks coming, upcoming. To submit your questions, you can scan the QR code that's on the screen. It'll take you to an anonymous, literally, where you fill in a box, and it comes directly to me. Nobody else sees it. No question is a stupid question. And maybe your question will be answered on Sunday morning like we have been. I'll take time to answer at least two, if not three of them, every Sunday morning like we've been having the opportunity to be able to do. Minus next week. But once we come back, uh, once I come back, we'll be able to do that. But I've loved your questions. I love engaging with you because that means that you are engaged with the topic and what we're talking about. And I'd love to encourage you as we open the scripture together and we can seek God for his understanding that we may know the Holy Spirit as God and person. Let's pray. Well, Father, I thank you that you sent the Spirit. And when Jesus ascended into heaven, he did not leave his disciples and his followers who would come, that's us, as orphans, but that you gave us a helper, a comforter, a counselor in the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you take residence within us. And as you take residence within us, as we saw today, you illuminate who God is to us. That we may understand you and that we may understand who Jesus is and we may understand the Father. You are the one who illuminates that to us. You teach us and you help us to recall. And you do so much more. I pray that we would be attuned to your frequency. That we may be able to rightfully discern even as the question was posed at the beginning, what is your voice and what is the voice of deception, what is the voice of our flesh, what is even the voice of our enemy that would try to veil himself as a child of light. So I thank you that we are known by you, Jesus, and that the Holy Spirit is the agent who puts your work into practice and activated that work inside of our lives. That those who are believers today no longer walk in darkness, for we are not veiled in the shadows, but our eyes have no longer been blinded, and now we can see the light. May we be that light then to the world. And light always repels darkness, Lord. So at times there, there are times when as we are being the light, that some may be repelled by it, but I pray that many more would be drawn toward it. And that we may be more like you every day, Jesus. So it's in your precious name that we pray and by the power of the Spirit. Amen. All right, Firewell family, as we do every Sunday, we're going to take an opportunity to worship and to pray. So I'm going to ask the prayer team to come forward. And if you'd like prayer for anything, please, anytime during this song, please come up and let one of these wonderful people pray with you. If you can stand, I'd ask you to stand and we're going to go ahead and worship as we respond to God's word. So let's take an opportunity to do that now. Amazing grace, how sweet the 
fitting song because we were once blind but now we see amen y'all may be seated if this is your first time at firewheel we are really glad that you are here uh, we'd love to be able to answer any questions that you might have about the ministry here and see how we can come alongside of you and your family and be able to serve you there's a qr code on the screen behind me you can fill that out if you'd like to share any information with us 
Um, we won't spam you anything crazy. Uh, but also, we have a connection center as you exit the auditorium. And at our connection center, one of our guest services attendants would love to give you a special gift for worshiping with us and answer any questions that you might have about Firewheel and see how we can serve you. And uh, we look forward to being able to get to know you in that way. I'm going to ask the um, ushers to come forward. We're going to go ahead and collect the offering. Every Sunday, we worship the Lord through giving as well. Uh, because money isn't something that God needs, but it's something that, he, that we use here on earth for ministry. Uh, but what we do when we worship is we do it as a cheerful giver, and we're saying, God, we want to take this tool that you have given us to be able that your work may continue. If we want to have a facility like this and opportunity to do events, like fun events that we have coming up, it costs money. Uh, but God is good. He's our provider individually and corporately, and so we thank him for that. So let's pray. Uh, God's blessing over that, and then we'll send you, show you a few announcements and get you dismissed. So, Lord, you are good, and you are the giver of all things. Every good and perfect thing comes from you, and you are our provider and our source. So we thank you that we can worship through giving, Lord, and say that we want to get behind what you are doing and be able to see your kingdom work done here on earth. And so thank you, Lord, for the gift and the givers. Lord, we pray that you would cause it to multiply, that we may use it and steward it well for your kingdom purposes here in this area that you have called us to as we serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Show you a few announcements. Hello, and welcome to Firewheel Bible Fellowship, where we strive to be Christ-centered and gospel-focused. Here's what's happening at Firewheel. Wednesday nights at Firewheel begins again this Wednesday and is packed with activities for all ages. Men and women's Bible studies and kids and youth ministries. Join us as we grow together in our relationship with Christ. Saturday, October 7th, from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m., don your You Are Loved shirt and let's go serve our community. Volunteers from across the Dallas, Garland, Rowlett areas work to clean up litter along Lake Gray Hubbard shoreline and down Rowlett Creek. Use the QR code or sign up online on the link on the webpage for sites 8, 9, or 10. Go directly to your chosen location on cleanup day and there will be supplies and a free gift bag for each volunteer. Afterward, we'll meet at the Hallow Shrine Event Center for a free lunch, music, games, and prize drawings. Let's show some love to our community. Chili, dessert, football, oh yeah. Bring your chili A-game as we watch the Cowboys play the Patriots on October 1st at 3 p.m. Sign up in the lobby. For more info on these or any of the events going on around Firewheel, check us out at firewheelfellowship.com events, or you can find us on social media. All right, if y'all stand, we'll go in and pray our benediction and get you dismissed. I'm not going to lie, October 3rd, I am very conflicted considering I'm in a room of uh, probably 90% cowboy fans, I would imagine. And I am severely outnumbered as probably the lone New England Patriots fan. So y'all give a brother in Christ some love on that day, okay? <laughs> give me some love on that day, but that is okay. May the Lord go before you to light the path and give you direction. May he go behind you to guide your steps. May he go beside you to keep you from stumbling. May he go above you to protect you. And may he go within you to give you the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And may our Father 
in heaven always grant you the character that is greater than your gifts and humility that's greater than your influence. God bless you guys. Love y'all. Can't wait to see you next week. You are dismissed. Mm. Mm.